Did this dog inspire an entire nation? Is a member of this breed the richest dog on earth? Is this the world's best apartment dog? Can this breed skydive? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, the Akita, the Maltese, the Pug, the soft-coated Wheaton Terrier, and we start with a dog that artist William Wegman made famous, the Weimaraner. Grace Kelly and Dick Clark had a Weimaraner, and this dog, Man Ray, became Man of the Year in 1982. Elegant, regal, snobbishly aristocratic. The Weimaraner is probably one of the most striking breeds you'll ever lay your eyes on. Weimaraners were born to run. A Weimaraner is not a dog that you're just going to sort of bring into your home and he's going to sit there on the couch looking at you serenely. The Weimaraner is a head-turning, graceful, muscular, medium-sized, silvery-gray dog with a tail that is often docked. Back in the 1800s, the Weimaraner was developed for the Grand Duke Karl August and his German nobleman in the Weimar Republic of Germany. Weimaraners were bred to hunt huge game like bear, boars, deer. But getting these energetic pups into the U.S. wasn't easy. In fact, the Germans played a dirty trick on the Americans. The first two puppies sent by them to the U.S. had been radiated, which meant we could not reproduce the dogs and start our own line. Sorry, guys, your plan didn't work. Nine years later, a Rhode Island breeder brought three Weimaraners home from Germany, and the breed flourished. So what makes these dogs special? First, their brains. Called the dog with the human brain, he is wickedly smart and is always looking for something to do, even if the activity is a little naughty. These dogs see where you hide the treats, you go out of the room, they're going to go get those treats. Next up, their eyes. As puppies, they'll have blue eyes. But as they mature, the eyes turn yellow, which can look sort of spooky. It can actually make them look a little bit like an alien, makes them look more intense. And speaking of intense, the third trait Weimaraners are known for is their keen sense of smell. In fact, over half of this dog's brain is devoted to his sniffing ability. That fantastic nose got them a job sniffing for missile parts during the Cold War at the White Sands Missile Range. But perhaps the most appealing characteristic is their coat. The Weimaraner has a short, sleek, silvery-gray coat. At times, the muted color can create a disappearing effect on the dog, hence the nickname, the Gray Ghost. The accepted coat colors for the Weimaraner range from a light silver-gray to a tan taupe to a dark gray. In the 70s, it was that neutral color and regal elegance that caught the eye of California artist William Wegman. Well, I always thought of them as being a kind of a blackboard that I could write my own stories on. Wegman, a struggling painter at the time, was dabbling in video and photography. When all of a sudden his life changed one day on the set. His Weimaraner, named Man Ray, which Wegman bought for $35, stumbled into the frame of his camera. I remember trying to keep him out of the sets and out of the shots, and it was really difficult, so it was much easier to incorporate him. He also liked what he saw. Man Ray became his principal model. People began buying his work. No longer was he unknown and starving. Everyone knew him and his dog. 
And as soon as I had Man Ray, he attracted attention uh, beyond the art world. I mean, people would, would be transfixed by this dog. Wegman and Man Ray then starred in black and white videos. He puts them into all these different sort of situations where they, they're almost, you know, dog imitating human life. <sighs> to them, I'm a dog, <laughs> or the big dog. But 11 years later, his best friend died, and William was devastated. He lived to be exactly 11.8. I, I didn't realize how attached I was to this dog, especially, you know, not so much in my artwork, but just coming home, you know, the kind of greeting that you get. Wegman vowed never to get another dog. However, five years later, he was drawn back to the Weimaraner. Her name was Fay Ray, and although she seemed skittish on the streets of New York, in front of the camera, she lit up. She had a way of posing that, uh, that really excited me photographically. When I was about to take the picture, she would just go like that, like she instinctively knew that this was, this was the space that was created for us. Wegman began doing books, videos, TV appearances, and more. Like this video Wegman created for Sesame Street. Six dogs in the dock on the dock are running towards the canoe. Where are they going or what are they doing and what are they going to do to do? All of a sudden, the breed that sort of went out of favor in the 60s was back in style. And boom, the Weimaraner was the it dog. They're in all these really unique, strange poses, wearing clothes, laying down, sitting up. And that's probably how they became most popular and well-known in the United States. But Wegman insisted his shots and dogs always be respectful and artistic. I didn't want them to become ridiculous or ridiculed. I wanted them to be noble. And so when I made Faye tall, she really looked like she was a mythological character. So then how does Wegman get his dogs to do this stuff? Well, sit and stay is, uh, is dog training number one. Stay. Stay. And as long as you keep uh, a focus on them, which I do behind the camera. Make her more centered. She's listing to one side there. They'll keep their eyes on me. And there's Bill. And there's Bill. And it's very, very easy. And that's really all I ask them to do. And he says his Weimaraners enjoy every minute of it. If a dog doesn't want to do it, and it shows, I don't want that picture. I don't want the ears back, the smiley thing. I want kind of a calmness or an eagerness. I like that. Today, you can find Billy the Artist, as he was called as a kid, hanging out with Fay Ray's descendants, either on the streets of New York City or casually relaxing before their cameo on the set, or occasionally posing like people in the park. And Wegman's three dogs, who, by the way, all sleep in bed with him and his wife, live happily in their New York apartment. But city living is not usually the ideal environment for these highly energetic pooches. In a perfect world, a Weimaraner would live on an estate in the country. As far as training, you must do it early. If you don't take the time to train the dog and give them the attention that they need, they're going to find ways of entertaining themselves, and it's not always the way you want them to. Grooming a Weimaraner is a piece of cake. Every few weeks or so, give them a bath, and they're ready to go. Weimaraners are pretty healthy. Once in a while, they can be prone to bloat, which happens if they eat too much and too quickly. So it's best to feed them two small meals a day. 
Does a Weimaraner make a good family pet? You bet. Weimaraners make a great family dog. These dogs are highly sociable animals. They want to be with people. Not all dogs adhere to breed standards, but in general, the Weimaraner can live anywhere, but is happiest with lots of running room. They don't have too many health issues. Grooming is practically non-existent. They are easy to train, but do it early on, and they make good family pets. Get two dogs, maybe three, quit your day job and your night job and spend all of your hours with them, and don't overfeed them. They look terrible when they're fat. Four, 400 BC. Josephine Bonaparte and Marie Antoinette both owned and loved pugs before marrying their famous husbands. Yes, the pug has been the companion du jour for centuries, from Buddhist monks and Chinese emperors to French revolutionaries and English royalty. And surprisingly, this pup often has to have cesarean sections to give birth. Considering how long this pup has been around, that's a lot of C-sections. But no wonder people adore these little tanks. These dogs can hang. One thing that's really nice about pugs is that they're energetic, happy, they like attention, and they're pretty laid back. The pug is a perfect companion for just about anyone. Come here, you. Originally dating back to the early Chinese dynasties, pugs were bred to be little companions for the emperors. These dogs were actually originally bred to be temple guards, and they were much larger in size when they started out. And as the trade winds blew through the Orient and back to Europe, the Dutch couldn't resist the funny-looking pup. And the pug was introduced to Europe. And funny-looking they are. They've got this really short, flat face and these great big bulgy eyes and all these wrinkles around their face. They're very humorous. They look like little cartoons. With their comical look and neck brace for a body, pugs have waddled their way into one of the most popular dogs in the United States. These four-legged little weightlifters usually come in black, fawn, apricot fawn, and silver fawn. While their trademark smushed-in face is awfully cute, it too comes at a cost. Pugs are brachycephalic dogs, meaning dogs with short noses. Because of this flat face, they often have elongated palates, which means they have some breathing problems. They tend to have trouble breathing in warmer weather, and they can actually require surgery. However, the upside to this smooshed-in flat face is adorable face wrinkles. Yes, pugs were bred to have all this extra skin on the face, folding into wrinkle upon wrinkle. What some may call ugly, others call irresistibly cute. Centuries ago in China, these wrinkles were bred to create a pattern on their forehead, a pattern that looks like the Chinese character for prince. The tail on the pug gives away its toy dog classification. It whimsically curls up towards the back like a little corkscrew. The perfect tail is said to have two full curls. Unavoidable, the eyes will pop right out at you. Pugs have these bulgy, big round eyes that you can't ignore. One of the reasons pugs are so loved by so many different types of people is because they are just so easy to hang with. 
If you're the kind of person that's gonna sit at home and watch TV and eat chips, your dog's gonna be the same way. If you're outgoing and athletic and you love to be outdoors, take your dog with you. They'll learn to love that kind of lifestyle. And in one very cool circumstance, the bond between owner and dog has carried one very gutsy pug all the way to Hawaii. Quite simply put, he's man's best friend. Actually, he's my best friend. Best friend for sure. And like all best friends, they're attached at the hip. David adopted Bugsy when he lived in New York. He knew he wanted a pug and couldn't resist Bugsy's cute little face. Unfortunately, shortly after David brought Bugsy home, the dog became critically ill with kennel cough and pneumonia. But luckily for Bugsy, David was a med student and he knew his way around in ICU. Got a couple of interns and we built an intensive care unit in my apartment and for the next two weeks, we brought him back to life. And now David strives to give Bugsy a life of paradise and adventure in Hawaii. I think it was that experience between life and death, bringing him back. It developed that unconditional trust that no matter what I do in my life, this dog will trust me, knowing that I'm looking out for him. And he better trust him because David, with Bugsy in tow, pushes the limits. Let's take these. We're going to kick some booty. These are your kicking shoes. You ready to go skydiving? What? Go sky yep, you heard it. You ready to go skydiving? Skydiving. Long time no see. Yeah, what's All up, right. man? Aloha. Hey, what's up, Bugsy? So how many jumps is it for Bugsy now? This is his third. Oh, A skydiving dog? That's right. Bugsy is an old hand at jumping out of planes, and he loves it. As usual, mm. safety is the most important thing. David holds Bugsy tight to his chest as he's wrapped inside of David's jumpsuit. I'll keep my hands right. around him at all times. As soon as they're bundled in, there's no stopping go? this You're force ready? of energy. Let's go fly. Yeah. Beautiful day. Yeah, let's do it. Ah! All right. Yeah. Back safe on the ground, and Bugsy loves it. I think I know what a dog feels like now when they put their head out of a moving car at 60 miles an hour. And while every day is not a skydiving day, it's always an adventure, one that David and Bugsy experience together. Bugsy, you're the best. While pugs are easy companions, you have to be careful of the weather. It doesn't have to be melting heat out to make this little guy uncomfortable. You have to be extra cautious about making sure that this dog doesn't overheat. Grooming the pug is fairly minimal, however they do shed. Also, airtight wrinkles lead to airtight infections. Lots of moisture gets in there, bacteria grows, so part of the regular grooming procedure is keeping the pug's face very, very clean. While pugs are pretty healthy pooches if you keep them bathed and clean, the big thing to watch out for... Sometimes their eyes can pop out. Yep, you heard that right. It's called a proptosis. It needs to be put in right away. Proptosis occurs when there is forward displacement of the eye. This can be caused by accidentally holding the neck too tight or by tugging on a choke collar too hard. So be careful with your little pug. Training with pugs is a true walk in the park. Almost a perfect family dog. Pugs are one of those rare dogs that I think do well with almost any family unit. So pugs are durable little dogs. Keep them cool and be sure not to squeeze too hard when petting. They need careful cleaning of their face wrinkles. 
Train them early to follow commands, and kids and adults will all find the pug a great friend. Soft-coated Wheaton Terriers were not introduced to the States until the 1960s, and never before has a dog been on such a fast track to popularity. Within only a few years, they were named Best Apartment Dog in New York Magazine. And to this day, they haven't lost their acclaim. It's probably one of the top five most popular dogs in New York City. Maybe this is why they're known as the most lovable of all terriers. And all terrier owners know the Wheaton Greeton. Interestingly, when the adults sustain a skin injury, the fur grows back brown like a bruise before returning to that Wheaton glow. The Wheaton Terriers are really outgoing, bouncy, playful dogs. Known for their spunk and lightheartedness, their fluffy coat and terrier build say it all. Let's say it's a guy and a girl who's getting the dog. The girl can feel like she's gotten herself the fluffy, cute dog, but the guy can feel like he's gotten a dog that's manly enough. While certainly the neighborhood jester, they do have energy and it needs to be released. It's a dog that is extremely high energy, very, very bouncy. Originally the beloved dog of Ireland, Wheatons were the working dog of the working class. Forbidden to own hounds, the common people put the terriers to work. They're originally bred to be farm dogs, used for herding, hunting small vermin. The Wheaton joins the Kerry Blue, the Irish, and the Glenavie Mall as the fourth terrier of Irish descent. The modern Wheaton is medium-sized with long terrier legs. Of course, if you get a Wheaton as a pup, the name can be deceiving. This is because Wheatons are born a rusty brown. It's only as they outgrow their puppy stage that their hair turns that gorgeous Wheaton blonde. And as this happens, they develop this soft, luscious coat. Most terriers have this harsh, kind of rough, broken coat, but not the Wheatons. The Wheatons have a very soft, silky kind of coat. Wheatons have a single soft coat that feels more like silk than dog hair. Imagine your favorite teddy bear in the world come alive. It's that soft, and they're that snuggly, too. Atop this soft teddy bear of a pup is a long, blonde tuft of hair. They have this thing called a fall, and it's this big piece of hair that hangs down over their eyes. They also have a long beard under their chin, giving these terriers a unique look. And hidden under their bangs and beard is the telltale terrier trait, the teeth. Yes, as soft and sweet as this pooch is, it has those terrier fangs. Turns out you can breed the aggression out faster than you can the fangs. And boy, is that ever true. These pups are more leprechaun than fighting Irish. Or in some cases, more magical Moisha. Tobola is Toby's Jewish name, actually. Um, he eats herring kibble. Meet Toby, the kosher dog. And just to reinforce the kosher. He loves his toys, like Yenta and Moyle and Tukas. Just a lump of love. Toby is the Spitz's first son. Toby is our family. He is Leah's baby brother. Life is really great with Toby. He always makes me smile. This pup is Jewish through and through. He loves Jewish music when my husband plays on the piano. 
he just enjoys being a part of all the traditions that we have, and that makes him very special. And Toby is not the only one. Dogs are prominent in several religions. They're mentioned several times in the Christian Bible and were notoriously silent the night Moses led his people out of Egypt. Even Buddha had a little pooch. Toby's faith calls upon him to perform mitzvahs. When you cheer people up and you make people feel better, that's performing a mitzvah. Shalom, Toby. Kolachad. Shalom. In Toby's case, his good deeds are performed upon the many. Toby often goes to Leah's school to help in the classroom or in teaching Hebrew language study. And after school, he's one patient pup as the kids smother him with love. And although it seems like there could never be a more devout little mensch than Toby, check out Boomy. He has Toby beat by one thing. The preparation for the bar mitzvah was months of planning. You heard that right, bark mitzvah. Mark Nadler is a successful New York playwright who loves to put on a good party. So this massive rite of passage for his pooch was totally reasonable. Bark mitzvah boomy, it's your day. Happy, bark mitzvah happy, bark mitzvah happy, bark mitzvah, it's my dog. Hey! At 13, Jewish boys become adults and go through a rite of passage known as a bar mitzvah. And this was going to be no different for Boomi. People came to the bar mitzvah wearing dog paraphernalia. While not the only pup on earth to have a bark mitzvah, maybe the only one covered by the New York Times. It was sort of this magical event. It was probably the most important Jewish thing in my life. So whether all fun and games or for the purely pious, these pups have a soft spot for the spiritual. And with Wheatons, there will never be a dull moment. As for climate, good news. Wheatons can do pretty well in pretty much any temperature, hot or cold. However, this gorgeous silky soft coat comes at a price. Wheatons require a tremendous amount of grooming. Wheatons shed very little, so you have to brush the hair out daily. While Wheatons have such a merry disposition, they are really allergic to fleas. One bite can cause a reaction throughout the whole body. Another potential problem is protein wasting. They can't digest the proteins properly and they actually start to lose weight. But when it comes to training, Wheatons shine. They really like to play and interact with people. So if you're using play training and reward-based training, then they're pretty easy to train. Now, while you should never leave a dog alone with small children. If you have kids and you want the kids to occupy their time for a while, put them in the backyard with the Wheaton. They'll play for hours. So the Wheaton. As long as you keep the Wheaton well walked, they'll be good in any climate. Their flea allergy can be tedious. They need daily brushing. Put in the training time early but they're really good with families. These soft, cuddly, animated fur balls are as fun as they are adorable. Play with them every day and they never lose their magnetic puppy spirit. Now it's time to play Pick the Pooch. As far as canine companions go, the eyes have it. This pooch holds the record for the world's longest canine lashes. Which breed is it? Buddy, a Cocker Spaniel. 
His doggy lashes measure an incredible 4.7 inches. Maltese is one of the oldest breeds, period. A Maltese also happens to be the richest dog in the world. Meet Trouble, who inherited a $12 million fortune from hotel mogul Leona Helmsley. From Marie Antoinette to Elizabeth Taylor, this has been the dog of choice for centuries of glitterati. One of the oldest of the European toy breeds, the Maltese has been revered by the ancient Greeks. They've been depicted in paintings and literature and pottery. Aristotle called this dog a cloud floating in the sky. And there's evidence that ancient Egyptians worshiped the Maltese. It's believed that the breed originated on the island that it's named for, Malta. They were bred down from dogs that were working dogs. I think most of that sort of working and hunting ability was bred out of them. <laughs> so what is it that makes us want to pamper this dog with luxury? The Maltese is probably one of the most perfect um, companion dogs. They look really soft and supple and you just want to touch them, play with them. Dark, round eyes and a cute black button nose amp up the cute factor in this dog. They are obviously all white, which is one of the things I think people find most charming. Roman emperors supposedly bred out all colors but white in the Maltese. White was sacred to the Romans. Like poodles, the coat is hair, not fur. Hair sheds less than fur and is better for people with allergies. And they're actually great pets to carry with you. A lot of people like to carry them in bags and take them on trips with them. Why don't we put a pillow under her? The hallmark of the Maltese is its small size, but that small package provides a lot of love and affection. I have a special soft spot in my heart for them because I had a Maltese for 17 years. She was my best friend, my buddy, my companion, and there's no dog that'll ever live up to the memory of a Maltese for me. The Maltese forms a close connection with humans, and today, one very special Maltese is relying upon that bond to overcome adversity. This is the story of Hope, a Maltese born with no front legs. She does have this handicap, but she doesn't seem to notice. I think she just draws people to her as a result of that. Hope was rescued in Tennessee from certain death. Dogs born with severe physical deformities are often euthanized. Deb Hubner found out about Hope and set out to adopt her and bring her home to Arizona. Had it not been for the individuals that decided to put her into this rescue group, Hope probably would not be with us today. As a puppy, Hope developed a novel way to move around by hopping and sliding. Vets warned that this would do damage to Hope's belly and spine. In Tennessee, Hope was fitted with wheels to support her body but she quickly outgrew the first device. I knew that we needed to get something to help her with her mobility. I was fortunate enough that I met up with Randy and Lisa. Hi, Dad. Hey, Lisa. How are you? Who have been two awesome people that really care about Hope as much as I care about her. Randy and Lisa make prosthetic devices for humans. But when they heard Hope's story, they jumped at the chance to help. They developed a new, more robust prosthesis for Hope. On a human, we'd actually make an artificial limb, but with Hope, it's a little hard to do that. We made more of a cradle, and then we attached uh, wheels below that and tried to make it biomechanically sound to kind of match her anatomy. Today's challenge, make some tweaks to the height of the device and give Hope even more mobility. Well, you're doing so good, look at you. 
After some adjustments, Hope's ready to roll. She moves over wood and carpet with ease. Right now she's in the house most of the time. Deb's goal is for Hope to be able to go outside with the other dogs. With the rock and the cement that we have here in Arizona, it's pretty difficult for her to get around. The new wheels make a world of difference for Hope. On flat surfaces, she has no problem. But how will she do her first time on the grass? This is a big step for her to come out here into the grass and be able to move around. Hope loves her new wheels. It may seem like a small step for Hope, but this is a giant leap for disabled animals everywhere. They gave Hope a chance, and I'm glad they did because her spirit, her little personality is awesome. You want it? You gotta come just a little further. Come on, come on. What we can learn from Hope as people is not to judge others. It's not about appearances. It's all about the fact that she's still a loving, caring, viable member of our family. Hope's triumph over adversity is a credit to Maltese everywhere. She also exemplifies the adaptability of the Maltese. The breed does well in many environments. If you're somebody who wants a dog who's going to go hiking with you or on long walks, while Maltese can be very athletic, keep in mind that for every step you take, they're probably taking five to ten steps. This breed is smart, but beware of pampering it too much as a puppy. These dogs tend to become overly dependent on their owners. It's very important to train them that it's okay to be alone if you want to be able to leave the house without them causing a problem with your neighbors. When it comes to grooming, the long-haired Maltese is not a cheap date. The long coat requires a tremendous amount of grooming. If you want to keep a Maltese in the show coat with the hair all the way grown to the ground, it requires daily brushing and weekly bathing. Maltese are generally healthy dogs. So Maltese are pretty hardy. They don't have a lot of diseases that they can get. One condition that a lot of them get, though, is dental disease. You want to make sure that you can brush their teeth regularly about three times to seven times a week. Maltese have great temperaments, but families with small children should be wary of getting a Maltese. They are physically uh, more frail than a lot of other dogs. If you have children and you carefully supervise them, then it might be appropriate. So in general, Maltese are very adaptable dogs. They're considered healthy but are prone to dental problems and need their teeth brushed several times a week. They require a lot of grooming, especially if you want to keep them in show coat. These dogs are usually easy to train, but start early and don't pamper them too much when they're young. The Maltese is not recommended for families with small children, but for pure companionship, the Maltese is second to none. She says, I don't know what all this hype is about. Look at you move, Hope. Look at you go! Akitas are newcomers to American soil. Helen Keller brought the very first from Japan in 1937. Sick? Having a baby? In Japan, you wouldn't get these. You'd get this. A tiny Akita statue, symbolizing health and well-being. In ancient Japan, Akitas were so highly regarded that only the ruling class was allowed to own them. They got fancy collars and the finest cuisine the royals had to offer. They are incredibly beautiful. They really are. Akitas are 
amazing. They're tough dogs. They're athletic and they're determined and they would take a bullet for you. But these days in the U.S., owning an Akita is more likely to raise your insurance rates than your status. Yep, just like the pit bull and the Rottweiler, the Akita is listed as high risk for biting and aggression by insurance companies. This is a dog that's very territorial, very protective, and is not going to be interested in sharing its space and sharing its time with too many other animals. That's because Akitas are one of the most primitive dogs on the planet, still very closely linked to the wolf. But it's tough to find evidence of wolves here. Good boy. This is the annual Akita Fun Day and Picnic, sponsored by the Akita Rescue of Western New York. He lost 15 pounds since last year, so we have him dressed up like he went to the gym. Today, they celebrate the breed and the people who take them in when there's no place to go. Nearly half of the Akitas in this country end up in shelters, where most are euthanized. Rescue organizations blame owners who don't understand the breed. These are the owners who do understand. Seeing these dogs so happy, dogs that shelters said were too aggressive to be placed in homes, doing tricks in the ring and wearing costumes and playing with children and being around other dogs. Not one of these dogs would have been alive today had there not been a rescue. The Akita originated centuries ago in Japan, in the harsh, cold snow country of the Akita Prefecture. This is a dog built for rugged trekking in polar environments. Its long legs and buff musculature allow it to climb steep mountains in deep snow. Akitas are members of the Spitz, or Nordic, dog family, known for fluffy, tightly curled tails alert, fully pricked ears, and their plush fur. Those double coats consist of a coarse, weatherproof outer layer and a dense, soft and woolly undercoat. In fact, the breed faced extinction in World War II when they were killed for their pelts, which lined the coats of Japanese soldiers. <laughs> In America, Akitas come in virtually any color and in three coat patterns. Solid, a tiger stripe pattern called brindle, and pinto, which is mostly white with sharply defined patches. These are not small dogs. The Akitas are very, very strong dogs. But for the right person, it's an amazing dog. It's just a companion for life. In fact, the breed's extreme sense of loyalty is legendary. And the reason this handsome devil, Forrest, is asked to be today's guest of honor. Forrest was plucked from obscurity to play the lead in a soon-to-be-released feature film. The film chronicles the life of Hachiko, a Japanese dog whose devotion to his master knew no bounds. Four-year-old Forrest is the Akita of Honor at this event for rescued Akitas. Once an average house pet, Forrest is soon to be a worldwide celebrity. Having just finished filming Hachiko, a dog story, Forrest shares the lead with Richard Gere. The story takes place in Japan in the early 1920s. There was an Akita named Hachiko. This is a true story. 
and he was purchased by a professor. Every day, the professor took Hachiko with him to the train station. Every evening, Hachiko met his return train and walked his master home. This was their ritual for a year and a half. But tragically, in 1924, Hachiko's owner died at work. And Hachiko actually waited at the train station for days. And for the next 10 years, that dog went to the train station day after day after day. The public was so taken with the story, a bronze sculpture was erected while the real dog still lived at home with the professor's family. Then, in 1935, Hachiko, too, passed away. He died at the train station, which was the last place he actually saw his owner. 73 years after his death, Hachiko remains an important figure in Japanese culture. It just symbolizes how moving it is when you learn about someone, even if it's a dog, uh, is true and faithful to the one that he loves. Today, the Akita breed is protected by national treasure status. Out of thousands and thousands of dogs that they probably looked at, to pick our dog as the poster boy, so to speak, of the Akita breed, it really hasn't set in how big of an honor that, that is. To those in the Akita rescue community, the movie is a double-edged sword. They love the attention on Akitas, but worry about hordes of new unprepared owners. They are not big, cuddly, lovable dogs by nature. They're nurtured to become like that. And if you meet a nice Akita, it's only because somebody's put a lot of work into that dog. The Akita's need for early training may be the most important consideration for anyone thinking of adopting this breed. These dogs are very big and strong and have the ability to hurt you, so you want to establish the relationship that you're going to have very early on with these guys so that once they do get to their full size, they understand to follow you and not try and lead. When it comes to their living space, unless you've put in the time and effort to socialize your Akita, they should not live in apartments or condos. Speak! Like all large breeds, Akitas can suffer from joint dysplasia and bloat a life-threatening swelling and twisting of the stomach. And grooming an Akita can be an issue for some folks. This is a dog with a lot of hair and that hair gets everywhere. And think long and hard before you bring an Akita into your home. If you acclimated them in the beginning, they would be a great family dog. Akitas then stack up like this. It's probably best not to have them in an apartment building. Too many people and animals. They get fair marks for health suffer the usual large breed problems such as bloat and dysplasia. Akitas shed heavily twice a year so grooming can be intense. They're trainable if you start them young. And be careful before you bring them into a family. So to recap, the Weimaraner breed exploded when the artist William Wegman captured these unusual shots of his dogs. The pug is loved for that smushed in face and those bulging eyes. If you're not careful, those eyes can actually pop out. It's a fearless little dog. Some even surf and skydive. Soft-coated Wheaton Terriers have been called the best apartment breed. Their unique coat is soft and hypoallergenic. It even changes color like a bruise when the skin is hurt. 
The Maltese is a lovable little dog. It has adorned the laps of famous women for centuries. Elizabeth Taylor, Marie Antoinette, Leona Helmsley even left $12 million to her eight-year-old Maltese trouble. The Akita is a Japanese breed that is worshipped for its loyalty. Hachiko, the most famous Akita, inspires people almost 75 years after his death. Remember, every dog is an individual and can vary from the general characteristics for temperament, health, and adaptability. If you are adopting a dog, do your homework and check out PetFinder.com to search for specific breeds near you. Choose your next best friend wisely.